0: Hi there! My
1: name's Tia Hammett. I'm an environmental science and urban development student at the Queensland University of Technology, and I'm super excited to be working on the Creating Australia podcast. Today's podcast is a little bit different. I'll be interviewing our host, Jessica Reynolds, who is also the director of Urban Planners Queensland. Stay tuned to hear all about Jess's career as a town planner, what her experience has been like as a female entrepreneur, and why she created the Creating Australia podcast excited to um, ask you some questions today, Jess. Should we get into it? Definitely. All right. <laughs> Time is money for <laughs> All right. So Jess, I want to know all about who you are and where you came from. Mm-hmm. So can you describe yourself for our listeners in five words
0: or less? Describe myself in five words? Yeah. That's actually quite a few words. Okay. Five words or less. I would say I am very committed. To a lot of things. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> is that the five? <laughs> <laughs> Very committed to a lot of things. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's a really good. No, I. I think. I, th- I think describing yourself is really hard to do, because it's kind of like presenting your true self and how you see yourself, and then you sit there and think, well, people are going to judge me yeah. for how I see myself, and yeah, I think it's um. A fairly hard question, I think, for question. most people. Yeah, it's a very loaded question. Yeah. Thanks for that.
1: <laughs> You're so welcome. That's just one of many that are <laughs> <laughs> Great. I can't come. wait to see where this is going. <laughs> How about you tell us about your hobbies and your passions outside of work?
0: Okay. So, again, I, because of my commitment to a lot of things. So, my passions outside of work would be I am, I would say, a beginner kiteboarder, getting better every day, currently learning to jump. currently sitting around one meter i'm very proud of myself love it and then i am also very much into calisthenics so body weight movements a lot of people think that they did calisthenics in high school you did not (laughs) go and google it calisthenics these days is actually yeah lots of handstands and pull-ups and strength strength skills Um, and then outside of that i spend a lot of time walking and playing with my dog a little little sausage little sausage dog Love of my life, it's (laughs) It's getting quite sad, but
1: (laughs) we love it. We love to hear it.
0: I'd like to also point out that I do have friends. Yeah. (laughs) We had no doubts. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Can you tell us about, did you grow up in Brisbane? No, I'm not from Brisbane. I have no family here at all. I actually, my family was all based in Sydney and I was, uh, my immediate family were a bit, they they like to move around a bit. So I say that I basically grew up in the mid north coast of New South Wales. So around that Tyree, uh, Loretum, Port Macquarie area. I spent most of my formative years there. And then eventually my family moved to the Sunshine Coast when I was finishing high school. And then obviously as you finish high school, a lot of people tend to go to university. I took the road and went to Brisbane, I went to University of Queensland and then, you know, eventually my family has all moved again and I think most of them are up in Cairns.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> very nice. Love it. Okay. So what did you study at University of Queensland?
0: So at UQ, I studied a Bachelor of Regional and Town Planning. So that's a four year honours degree. It was, it was a long time, to be yeah. honest, I am so grateful for my degree. But do I think it could be shortened to two years? Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, that's
1: what I've gotten myself into. So thanks for the heads up yep. on that oh, alright. <laughs> and did you always know that this was going to be your career? Did you always want to be in town planning? No, I didn't.
0: I think most people who are teenagers, like, if you know what you want to do, like that is either amazing or you're mentally insane. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't get that at all. Um, you're obviously always looking for things to grab onto for me, I couldn't look at my parents and go, "I want to do what you do." Like my father was a driller right Sorry, well, I'm not going into that. yeah, my mom was a stay at home mom, and again, um that wasn't my path either. Mm. but what I did do was when I finished high school, I enrolled to do i t oh. so I always you know loved being around computers and things like that. I did really well at i t and then I just still wasn't really sure though, so I took a year off and did a TAFE degree, so just in administration, ended up working for builders and then eventually designers uh, on the Sunshine Coast. And then what happened from there is... Everyone was always complaining about the town planners telling them what to do. Mm. And then that's when I found my calling. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I thought I would be calling the shots. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. as a private town planner, it's really not us calling the shots. Right. We do have to tell people what they can and can't do. But generally, it's, um, sorry, guys, it's it's not actually <laughs> our doing.
1: Very interesting. Okay. So you did work in other sectors before landing this sort of Oh, role.
0: definitely. You know, I worked... Yeah. Um, I worked at Donut King for a bit. I worked at the roller drum on the Sunshine Coast for a bit. Um, Yeah, Yeah. I've worked with people who are now, you know, pilots and developers and all sorts of things. We all come from those sort of, I would say cruddy jobs, no offense to those businesses, but you know, they're they're low-skill work. And then, yeah, and I've done a lot of admin. So having an admin background is really amazing for private town planning because a lot of what we do is admin.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. All right. So, onto I've got some questions about your career okay. personally. So, you've been in the game for ten years. Can you tell us what it's like to be a young entrepreneur?
0: So, again, I've been question. a question. T- <laughs> <laughs> Would you like for me to say nice things about myself? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, ten years since I graduated. Even prior to that, I was already working um, as a student planner at a few firms. Um, so I got my foot in the door really early on because it's just how I worked. And I feel like it was actually really good for me because it meant I 100% knew what I was getting myself into before I even completed my degree. Yeah. Um, but then I've had Urban Planners Queensland, um, this business for six years. And so being, I would consider myself to have been a young entrepreneur. I'm now getting around the age where um, in my early 30s where a lot of people are becoming very entrepreneurial there's a a lot more of my peer group are becoming business owners Um, but in those early days I would say it was tough not so much by cause of other people but more your own uh, thoughts so you definitely struggle Well, at least I struggled with the idea of being taken seriously I loved my job I loved what I did I took what I did very seriously but I always felt that no one else would Mm. and I think I made things harder on myself than what they should have been. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So how did Urban Planners Queensland start off then? Um, Was having your own consultancy sort of like the vision for you from the beginning?
0: It was not, I can't really think back that far, like (laughs) (laughs) 10 years, it's been a while, but I don't think it was always the plan. It was more, I'd been working in the industry for a while and I was in a job and I was kind of taking clients from start to finish and I knew I loved what I did and I just, you know, I could see things that I wanted to do in the business. I could see different ways of living. So for me, I was, I was coming to work early in the morning, leaving late in the afternoon, and I felt like I was living by somebody else's rules as to when and where you can and can't work. Um, and then what I found once I started my business was I became a lot fitter because I was allowed to exercise when I wanted. Yeah. I could, I was more efficient in what I did because I could work when my brain was working and then stop when it wasn't. Yeah. And therefore it created more times where I yeah. actually was really fit, efficient with um, what I was doing. I was having a lot more fun. Obviously, there's good and bad things about starting your own business, but... Ultimately, I could just see that there was potentially a different path for me than working for someone from, it's not even nine to five anymore. Like a lot of the time it can be like eight till 6 p.m. Yeah. And I just, I didn't want to work for other people anymore. I wanted to create my own thing and have the opportunity to offer similar lifestyle choices to other people. Yeah. That's awesome. And what's
1: it like being a young woman in this industry? Is it male dominated? Would you describe it as that?
0: I would say it's extremely male-dominated. There's definitely a lot of amazing women out there and there's a lot of just as amazing men who are supporting women and young women within the industry. But yes, in the beginning, you go to an industry event and that there there does tend to be a lot more men. Um, The women in the industry do tend to be doing things such as interior design or... But it is changing. And as I said, like, the, the space I was mentally you know when i was 25 and started this business to where i am in my early 30s now and as i guess an established business owner i probably see things a lot differently too so yeah being a woman in the industry now like i love it yeah i love it it's um it's very and as well because the business is more established i've been able to surround myself with people who are supportive of what i'm doing and yeah. people like me yeah such as yourself (laughs) very happy to be here
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's awesome so what are like the biggest challenges that you've faced
0: in business or as in in town planning as far as again I think it's your own attitude your own thoughts are really for me and I think for most people your biggest challenge Mm. because for me because I am a bit of a perfectionist and a I would never say I'm an overachiever because, again, that's my perfectionism saying I've never achieved anything. (laughs) (laughs) Can relate. Yeah. You know, it's hard to sit there and go, um, you know, you're doing a good job and telling yourself those sorts of things. And especially in business, you're on your own. You don't have people, you don't have a boss telling you you've done a bad job today or a good job today. You have no idea. Mm. You've just got to use your own measurements and go from there. So, that probably has been the biggest challenge is being able to learn to pat yourself on the back and go, good job, you know, celebrate in some way. Also, now that, you know, you start the business and you're like, oh, I've got all this free time. This is great. But then you get busy and it's very easy to then get put back into that wheel of why you wanted to get out of the nine to five job. Yeah. Um, You end up actually working more hours. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, they're probably the two biggest challenges, not falling back into that hamster wheel. Yeah. And also just working with your own brain. Yeah, totally, totally. And experiences that have taken you by surprise or that you weren't expecting. I think the thing that I wasn't expecting is how many people genuinely wanna help you succeed. That is something that probably only in the last few years I've really noticed and come to realize is there are so many people out there who if you reach out, they will really help you, they will try. And I just didn't think that that would be the case. But yeah, Yeah, we've got a very supportive community, um, especially in Brisbane, obviously nationwide, things like that, but because we're based in Brisbane, I would say, yeah, I've come across some amazing supportive people. Yeah, that's awesome. A bit of faith in humanity restored there. (laughs) I have some questions
1: about how active you and your brand are on social media. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us about, like my experience as a student, was obviously using social media as the first platform of like contact to see what a day in the life would sort of look like for a town planner because that's what I want to go into eventually. Mm -hmm. Has social media sort of given you the upper hand over your competitors
0: in terms of connecting with clientele and getting your brand out there? I don't know about the upper hand on the competitors because, to be honest, I don't really even look at my competitors. Like I'm not running a race with other people. It's with myself, which sounds a bit lame, but honestly, I'd much prefer it like that. It's a lot less stressful um, (laughs) for me personally. But social media, like quite often I'll go to parties with other industry people and they'll say, hey, Jazz, does social media even work? Is it worth it or is it a waste of time? Are you just doing it for how it looks? And I can 100% say that A lot of our business actually comes through socials yeah so I've tried to be as authentic and open through our socials I try and not make it all about you know look how great we are look at this amazing project we've done yes whilst we want to show those things I want people to understand who I am as a person so that if you do come and work with me you understand what you're getting you know how I talk you know that I'm not you know sitting around in suits And if you're comfortable with seeing me on social media and you like that, once you come to me and ask for town planning advice, you know, you're not shocked. You kind of, it's already familiar. Yeah. And I think that that's great. And I think that's where, you know, I would love to see more of that with more businesses because I hate, you know, the whole point of this podcast was to humanize an industry. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes people are so scared to be part of and seen, you know, it's a lot of people aren't on social media to be famous. Yeah. They're on social media for connection. Yeah, and networking. And connection and networking. And for me, yeah, it's been very, very successful. Um, and I'll be continuing with socials. Will I be going on TikTok and all those sorts of things? <laughs> very unlikely. <Yeah. laughs> but platforms like Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook yep. have been very, um, very good for my business. And especially as a young entrepreneur. Yeah, totally,
1: totally. Should we do a little plug of our podcast Instagram handlers? Oh, yes, the people of know. course. What what are we again? We're at Creating <laughs> Australia, everyone, so give us a follow. Yes. And Urban Planners Queensland? What's your handle?
0: Yeah, so it's just at Urban Planners Queensland. Yeah. Check us I'm out sure that one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I wanna know what does your job as a town planner involve on the daily? Like what does a day in your day job to day look
0: like? Wow. So <laughs> I won't say what time I get up and start looking at my emails because that (laughs) might offend a few people. But my day generally revolves around, obviously, resolving client queries. So, clients might have queries about where their current projects are at. A lot of our day is spent looking at site queries, so a lot of people will contact us with town planning queries, whether their sites can be developed, um, whether council is going to approve a certain type of building at a particular location. So those things do take a lot of time. Then it might be preparing a development application for any kind of project, um, you know, that's report writing. Or for me, these days might be reviewing report writing rather than yeah. doing it myself. Other days it might be meetings, so meeting with potential clients, meeting council, like local government assessment managers to discuss projects. A lot of it is discussion, assessment, yeah. and admin. Yeah, there's a lot of admin in town planning.
1: Yeah, awesome. Okay, so this is a bit of a broad question, but what's the most common email that you open up on a morning at the office? Can I do X? (laughs) Yeah. To sum it up.
0: Pretty much. I think I don't think I've had a day in the last few years where I haven't woken up to an email that says. Hey, Jess, I've been looking at this site. Can I do this? Or yeah, that's yeah. That every day. Yeah.
1: No, no fail. Yeah. <laughs> and any misconceptions
0: or expectations versus reality with your job? Oh, there's so many, but I guess you'll have to keep watching the Urban Planners Queensland social media accounts for that. Yeah. But really, I think a misconception is that town planners know everything and private town planners are making decisions. So ultimately, the way that I see a private town planner is somebody who's very familiar and experienced with legislation, planning legislation to be specific, and we're advocates. So we're going to be able to tell you, yes, you can or can't do something on a high level. And then once you decide what path you want to go down um, and you want to lodge an application or do a particular project, we then have the ability to navigate and advocate for your project. We don't, we're not engineers, my business specifically, we're not project managers, we're not surveyors, we are just private town planning, that is our specialty and we don't, yeah, we we can't sit there and tell you how to design your retaining wall or there's a lot of things. It's very hard because it's a bit convoluted the way that the, the assessment system works. It is, there are so many parties and different consultants involved. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah, I see us as advocacy, legislation and... You know consultant management really yeah we bring all those people together yeah
1: awesome awesome and what would you describe as the most rewarding aspect of your job
0: oh the most rewarding aspect is when a job is complete yeah. <laughs> once we get that approval actually for my particular being a director of the business i guess the most rewarding part for me is just people who i respect using our business services. Yeah. Like that is such an amazing feeling that you have the trust of people that you respect.
1: Yeah. It's it's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So how did the Creating Australia podcast come about? What inspired you to start
0: a podcast in the first place? Well, because I was, again, I'm not from Brisbane. I had no network here and I'd started this business as a stupid 25 year old who was good at their job. Not (laughs) stupid at all. (laughs) But... I needed to get out and put myself out there. So yeah. I was meeting all these people and like some of the people I was meeting, I was like, wow, this person is cool. They have such a great story. And I just really wanted the opportunity to be able, and also I listened to a lot of podcasts. So I just wanted the opportunity to be like, hey, do you guys, it started with a few friends, a few people that I knew yeah. said, hey, can you come on and be interviewed? I really, you know, this is a skill I wanna learn. And it's also, I just wanna be able to promote people within the industry and humanize something that I feel You know, whenever you open up the courier mail, it's like, this developer is doing this horrible thing. And I know that it's not like that all the time. Yes, there is like that 10%. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But a lot of people are in the industry for genuinely good reasons. And they all have a story. Some better than others, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So...
1: What are our future goals for the podcast? Should we fill the audience in on what our
0: vision is? No, it's a secret. It's a secret. No. (laughs) I think in the next year, we would love to start doing some events and I would love to start raising more money for the charities that I support. I just think it's a fun way. Like I, again, getting back to it, I love connecting with people who inspire me. Like that is fun to me. Um, And I'd love to be able to facilitate that more. Um, And I'd love to get some more people on the podcast who, yeah, are inspiring to a lot of people and or people who maybe we all know their brands, but we don't actually know who the people are. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, I I don't really see other people doing that. Yes, we can talk about property development. Yes, we can talk about how to do something, how not to do something. But this is I just like knowing who's who. Yeah, (laughs) totally. And we're super
1: excited for what's in store. All right. So our last lucky last question. What is your favorite development project in Brisbane and in the world? And then if you had no limitations, what would your ideal development involve?
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay. So there's two questions there. There's two questions. Lucky
1: last two questions.
0: (laughs) So my favorite development in Brisbane probably would be the building that I can never name in Kangaroo Point, oh my goodness, and I'm totally blacking out. And this is totally my sort of thing. You meet those consultants who can just say, yep, this is a building that was designed by XYZ Architect. This is the name of it. This is the developer, the builder. That's not me. (laughs) I'm just like, you know, that pretty building in Kangaroo Point? And I'm pretty sure most people know which one I'm talking about because there's not that many nice ones in Kangaroo Point. You'll have to show me after this interview. I'm very intrigued now. (laughs) You don't know? Oh, okay. Well, if you, if you really want to know, send me a DM. Someone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you don't know it, like you obviously we'll don't spend enough time in Kangaroo Point. <laughs> <laughs> and if you had,
1: limitations, uh, what if would had, your had no limitations, if I had no limitations,
0: oh my goodness, I would have the most crazy building. It would be something like you would see in like Shinjuku or Harajuku, maybe in Japan, where it's just absolutely beautiful externals but it's got, you know, a community sort of garden on the inside and there's um, social housing mixed with like penthouse apartments and it's just a real melting pot of different people. And, you know, it's kind of like, I don't live in West End, but kind of somewhere between a West End new farm, but in a building. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. In a building, (laughs) you know, waiting for the apocalypse and the other pandemics that are coming our way. (laughs) Just end this on a positive note. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks for having a chat to us, Jess. It's been awesome getting to know you a little bit more. No worries. My pleasure. Exciting. So, we'll see you guys at the next podcast. Yes. I guess. The next
0: podcast and it'll be me doing the interview. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to you.
1: Thanks for listening to episode 50 of the Creating Australia podcast. I've been your guest host, Tia Hammett. You can connect with Jess and Urban Planners Queensland through their website, www.upqld.com.au or find her on Instagram at Urban Planners Queensland. And her LinkedIn is Jessica Reynolds Urban Planner. Don't forget to subscribe and check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Creating Oz. If you want to be involved in our podcast, you can email us via hello at creatingoz.com.au.